0: The real reason why the Sunspot Solar Observatory was shut down. United States has issues with Confederate statues, but that's nothing with what happened in England 100 years ago. And finally, we tackle an issue that has been highly requested. Solar plexus clown gliders. And I think I might have seen one today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Yeah. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you're having a great day too. We're going to dispense with a bunch of pleasantries. This episode's going to be coming out early because we have breaking news and I want to get to the forefront of it. The Washington Post reported just a few hours ago that the reason why the Sunspot Solar Observatory was shut down was due to someone using the servers to not only download but distribute child pornography. The FBI has said that that is why they've gone into the area. The reason why the places were evacuated is because the suspect was the janitor. I haven't released his name yet because he hasn't been formally charged, but the suspect was the janitor working there. And for the past year, he's been moving a laptop from room to room that he knows aren't really used during certain times of the year to download and upload child pornography. When a worker like a scientist at the sunspot observatory thought it was weird saw the laptop in a room no one should be in and it was running and he had seen the scientists had seen the laptop kind of move from room to room every once in a while he looked at it and then he alerted the authorities and took the laptop when the janitor came back looking so then what happened was later on the scientist saw the janitor come out of the room where the laptop was previously And started acting a little odd, saying, hey, was anyone in that office? We're missing some cleaning supplies. And the scientist was like, oh, I don't know. And then the janitor began acting very frantically, in their words, and started talking about there might be a serial killer in the area, and he was afraid that terrorists might hit the observatory, and that someone may end up getting executed. So at that point, and like I had, like they had stated previously, the Aura group, the people who ran the Sunspot Sor- Solar Observatory, made the decision to pull the people out because of the way he was behaving. So that's why they cleared out the observatory, and that's why they cleared out the post office. The FBI came in and were doing their investigation. There are still some unanswered questions, but I hope I have a couple answers for them. A lot of people are going, why did? The- why was there a Black Hawk there for um, child pornography investigation? Fair enough. Personally, I don't know how FBI rides into and out of locations if they felt that it is a it is a federal facility. And if they felt that the danger was high enough, they may not have wanted to take vehicles. And that was the best way of them to get up there. I mean, a Black Hawk helicopter is not really going to help against aliens either but it, it could, there could be a logical reason for that. There's been a lot of YouTube comments on my channel, and a lot of just comments everywhere saying, but this wasn't the only observatory shut down. Now, it was. I stated in the original episode that it was the only observatory shut down, and then I got pushback on that. Fair enough. I went I did more research. I'll provide the links below. The other observatories that were being stated as being shut down have been down for quite a while. I think one was down for maintenance and the other ones were websites that had been offline for like a year or a couple months. These weren't new things. So those observa- those other observatories have been down for a while. They were, you know, there were reports saying all these observatories, their cameras are shut off. They'd have been shut off for, for a while. I think one had just recently went down for maintenance. You have to remember there's hundreds of these observatories around the world. So the fact that only six went offline You know, other people could do this work as well. Plus the big one in DC, which has the which gets the information from the Soho that has the golf instrument on it that we've talked about a couple times on the show. They were fully operational. So apparently that is why the FBI was investigating child pornography. Child pornography is is actually can be used to cover up stories. There was the weapons inspector in iraq who went against the official narrative and said that there were no mass weapons of mass destruction in iraq then they found child porn on his computer and he fought it and he's like i'm not that they put that on there fbi put that on there to retaliate against you know it's an easy thing to take out a political or a really any opponent you flood their computer with child porn they lose a bunch of allies that could be the case here it's the perfect cover-up but i think that is the most logical explanation. I talked about that on my episode with Solar Observatory. I thought it may be some sort of criminal activity. I was thinking more towards drugs, but using someone else's server to upload and download pornography, child pornography in particular, is definitely you know I, I one of the crimes worse than cooking drugs out in the middle of nowhere. So this may be the end of it. I'm Like I said also in that episode, this conspiracy will go on forever. People will keep saying, no, 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 it was aliens, it was this, it was that. But at a certain point, you have to look at, at the preponderance of evidence. If Why aren't all of the observatories shut down? Why just that one? Because we know for sure it's just that one now. So a lot of those myths have been debunked about the other observatories being shut down and so on and so forth. So there we go. We can still keep looking into this. If any new information pops up, we'll cover it. But I wanted to go ahead and get that out. That is the official reason of why the Sunspot Solar Observatory in New Mexico was shut down. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. One and a guessed it, but there we go. We're going to go ahead and move on to our next story. Now, it's funny because I'm in America. We have listeners all over the world. And I don't know how much of the news got out from America to the rest of the world, but we've had a big controversy the past couple of years of tearing down statues of Confederate leaders and Confederate generals. I guess that's the same thing as a leader, but they're tearing down these statues because they say it's a... Monument to hate. It's a reminder of racism. It's it's a really interesting topic politically and socially because it's a part of history. I get I see both sides. It's a part of history, and you don't want to forget history, and it really smacks of like nineteen eighty four and the Taliban blowing up the statues of the Buddhists, blowing up the statues of Buddha. In Afghanistan, it's this real thing about like destroying the past, renaming streets and schools and things like that. It's really odd. On the other hand, I get the idea that in certain parts of the country, we have these schools and streets and statues named after people who, one, not only tried to break America apart, but also were trying to uphold the institution of slavery. So I get both sides. And it's not a particular issue that is divided strictly among race either. There are a lot of black people who are like, Oh, no, I'm cool with that statue. I don't have a problem with it. My, you know, I've lived in this area my entire life. My grandpa lived here. It's whatever. It's a statue. And then you have white people going, No, no, you have to destroy it. So it's 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 kind of a weird, very interesting issue. For the most part, they do get taken down. Once people start complaining, they're just like, Ah, take it down. That is Nothing. That is nothing compared to the Brown Dog Affair. So we're going to travel to England, jolly old England, as I like to refer to it in my show notes. And what we're going to look at is this horrific story. It's pretty sad. So back in 1902, at the uh, University College London, there was a laboratory, and they were doing a lot of vivisection. So that's where he basically you cut the dog open. I think vivisection is where you cut the dog open while it's still alive, and dissection is where you cut something open after it's dead. And there's medical reasons to do both, obviously. But you, they, were, they had this little brown puppy, this little brown terrier. Skip ahead. Skip ahead, guys, if you're sensitive to dog stuff. I'm, I'm not going to get into too much detail, but I don't know how long this is going to run, maybe 10 minutes. Once you start hearing me talk about demonic clowns and, and all that stuff, you know you're in the right place. But So they have this little brown terrier, and they said, okay, you know, this is for medical reasons. We're going to do this. They did a vivisection, they took out its pancreas, and then sewed it back up. And they're, like, testing, doing testing, things like that. And it was still alive. Like, they took the pancreas out, and then they kept it alive. Then what they did later on was they go, okay, you know, now it's time for the next part of the test. We are going, now it's 1903, so it's a year later. They have a lecture hall with all these medical students standing there. And again, I'm not going to get into the details here, but they did another. They opened the animal backup, did some more stuff in there. It gets real graphic, but I'm not going to talk about that closed it back up, gave it to another researcher, and that researcher performed another procedure in the same room, you know, like, oh, here, I'm done with it, here you go, and the other guy did another thing. And then the they go, okay, well, they gave it to a third doctor, and he stabbed it in the neck and killed it. Now, in that audience was two women who were actually undercover, They were anti-vivisectionists. So there was a group of people, like we have PETA now. These people, because it was a big issue back then. A lot of vivisections were going on. And there were special laws. Uh, One of the laws was that you could not perform more than two procedures on the same animal. Which is interesting. And the other one was the dog had to be properly anesthetized. You need to be given enough anesthesia. And so they reported it. They left the, uh, left the lecture hall, totally grossed out, and basically reported it and wrote a book on it and contacted law, law enforcement and, and got a lawyer and all that stuff. And they said, you know, the, the doctor was like, no, it was properly anesthetized. We, You know, you don't have to worry about that. But they did break the law on doing the two procedures. And it was this big brouhaha back in England, because it really gave the anti-vivisectionists something to hold on to. It gave them this item. They're able to hold this dog up and say, this is the horrible things that are going on. So now we're going to move ahead to 1906. And near the school, they erect, the anti-vivisectionists, erect a huge statue of a brown dog. Big metalwork statue. And it says on the plaque, in memory of the brown terrier dog done to death in the laboratories of University College in February 1903, after having endured vivisection extending over more than two months, and having been handed over from one vivisector to another till death came to his release. Also in memory of the 232 dogs vivisected at the same place during the year 1902. Men and women of England, how long shall these things be? So this statue stood there as this monument of what happened and the scientists were like you guys are so superstitious this creature doesn't have any soul it's just a it's just a thing you guys are totally trying to put all of like this old world thinking we're creating a we're creating health we're doing this so we can help people and the vivisection anti-vivisectionists were like you know it's cruel it's cruel it's cruel and scientists were like it's not cruel it's just an animal what are you going to do So this debate raged back and forth. But what happened was you have these young medical students. And, you know, they're college students. So they're going to get a little rowdy. They started to try to break the statue down with crowbars. They tried to, like, destroy the statue. To the point where they had to start stationing, 24 hours a day, seven police officers at the statue. To prevent people from trying to destroy it. Because of that. Because the scientists can no longer, like, try to destroy the statue. 1,000 scientists, 1,000 students, medical students, descended upon the statue one day. And at that point, they were met by anti-vivisectionists, by suffragettes, by trade unionists, socialists, and other progressive factions. Riot breaks out. They're battling over this multiple arrests. I think it took, I think I saw it was like 240 police officers had to get involved in the melee. They just—it was this huge fight, and it went on for a couple days, from what I could see. There's an interesting th- quote here. It says the mainstream press was apparently largely supportive of the medical students, offering up mind-blowing headlines like "Medical Students Gallant Fight with Women." So you had the media going, "Ah, uh, the women are just being hysterical," you know, because they—it ha- was it as a lot of women. You had the suffragettes and the anti-vivisectionists and things like that. And the scientists just wanted to get rid of the statue. And this went on for so long. So all of that started in 1906. The statue went up. In 1907, the Brown Dog Riots, is what they were called, started. And then in 1910, the council, Battersea Council, which oversaw the park, said, You know what? We're done with this stupid statue. In the middle of the night, they sent four workers and 120 police officers to protect them. They took the statue down. Gave it to someone, and it disappeared. They think it was melted. As of today, there is a new statue. In 1982, a new statue went up in the area. So, 80 years later, 70 years later, they put up a new statue with pretty much the same plaque, and it's a picture of a little dog. It's a much smaller statue. Where the old statue used to be, all that's left is like an indentation in the ground, and there's a sign on the fence nearby that says, No dogs. And it's funny to think, like, I imagine a bunch of medical students, I know they weren't wearing like white coats and stethoscopes, but just like these co- <laughs> these college students fighting with suffragettes and the police like, Oi, 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 break it up, break it up. Don't make me wallop you. And, you know, all just all like this craziness over a dog <laughs> statue. And, and, you know, what's funny, too, is now whenever I see a story about a Confederate statue being taken down, I'm just going to think of a bunch of scientists in white coats riding over a metal dog. And, you know, a bunch of, like, terriers on the other side, like, biting them on the ankles. It's like, you know what they need to do? They need to make... Okay, let me pitch this to you real quick. I don't want this episode to go long, but let me pitch this to you real quick. Airbud M.D. And M.D. stands for medical dog. And he... Air Bud... After done, he's done playing sports. He got a scholarship to play football in college. He ends up going to medical school, and he finds out that the other Airbuds are in laboratories, and they're going to be vivisected. And he has to save them. And it's perfect because all the kids who grew up with Airbud, they're adults now. So it's a little edgy, it's a little like dark retelling of the Airbud story. You know, like they love doing that. They love taking a normal franchise and giving it a grim, dark feel. Airbud MD, and it could be at the ending. It'll be like everything you saw in this movie is based on historical events. If you'd like to know more, please visit your library. And it would, be, we'd just be like peeing on scientists and like putting poop down, and they'd be like like slipping on it and stuff. And then like he's rescuing the Airbuds. That would be awesome. Oh oh, you know, and you can have a scene where Airbud actually like ties down a scientist, and he picks up a scalpel, and Airbud goes hate to cut and run but and then like all of his guts come out I'm telling you million dollar million dollar idea million dollar idea airbud md let's move on to the next story cuz the next story is from the conspiracy iceberg list and the next story is something that people have been talking a lot about requesting a lot about most of you guys have never heard of this and it's a kind of an odd one like i said in the promo if it, if if we accept that it's real i might have seen one of them so what this is, is this is something called a solar a solar plexus clown glider. So a solar plexus clown glider is simply a phrase that appeared on the Conspiracy Iceberg list. And because of that, we have to go through a couple different things real quick. The most likely explanation, I, people watch my videos and people, mostly my videos, and they go, What? You're an idiot. That's totally made up. Listen. I get that. I get that a lot of these phrases are totally made up. I'm, I investigate them nonetheless. You know, the most obvious answer is Solar Plexus Clown Gliders is a joke. It was posted on the Iceberg list as a dead end. It's a random collection of words. I get that. That doesn't make for an exciting episode or an entertaining episode, because then right there I go, that's it. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com. So we do extrapolate from that, but I fully understand that phrases like "golf rumors," "the ocean at night," things like that. A-list travel was able to be tracked down, but there's certain phrases that could just be made up. And I'll always address that as that we will take that as a possibility, and really the most likely possibility. Solar plexus clown gliders. First explanation is it's just a word stew, it means nothing. I've heard that it is a creepy pasta from the Usenet days. So it's basically like an old lost scary story. I've ser- this episode I've done probably about 2 or 3 weeks of research on and I've used all my internet tricks of like isolating time periods and doing all sorts of different definitions for the words and having to break the phrase up solar plexus clown glider jester glider. I've done everything I could and I was setting parameters for when I could search and I couldn't find anything from showing a creepypasta written pre-2017, which is where the earliest phrase, the earliest use of this phrase, solar plexus clown gliders, is August 19th, 2017. So it's very, very recent. It's the earliest I could find of this. There's a theory that it's an old hacking term. Again, couldn't find anything of it related to that prior to 2017. Now, the two theories that were the most intriguing was one, that it is a phrase that if you speak aloud or meditate on or think about for prolonged periods of time, it causes a mental breakdown. It is basically a tool that can be used to break down a human's mind. I was res- I was going that angle. The thing is, like I said, I spent three weeks prepping this story, and I have not had a mental breakdown or really any ill effects, and I've been focusing on this story exclusively on my free time. Looking up, looking this up hours and hours and hours into this. And like I said, trying every variation. People have said you have to think about it while you're listening to a certain frequency. But that theory just came out yesterday, this morning, as I was on the paranormal board on X. Never heard of the thing about the frequency, so I mean, that could be an out, but like I said, I've heavily researched this, and I the only things I found about it being a phrase to reprogram your mind was on the 4chan board. So that leaves us with our last and most compelling explanation. A solar plexus clown glider is another term for, and you're going to have, so here. here's where we get onto the crazy train, guys. Solar Plexus Clown Glider is another name for a interdimensional demon that latches onto your solar plexus like an infection. So after a ton of research on this, and I looked, I saw those couple, saw those five theories, and I looked for other ones, and really out of those, the one that I was able to find the most supporting quote-unquote evidence for is the... Interdimensional demon. And they're specifically known as Archon Archons? Archons. Archons. We'll go with Archons. The re-I the only way that I've ever found a connection between the creatures known as the Archons and the term solar plexus clown gliders is they attach to your solar plexus. And again, guys, this we start stretching after that first one. The clown and the jester. Are loosely tied, very loosely tied. I'm even saying this here loosely tied to like demons, trickster spirits, things like that. Gliders, couldn't find anything. I tried everything to figure out how these things supposedly move, what type of technology they use. I, the, so I tr- tried valiantly to collect, connect all four words to this idea of these demons. And I could only really, I could connect two of them, and then the clown was kind of loose in the glider. I wasn't able to find anything. Unless you count the way that they do move as gliding, because they slide across the floor. So apparently what these are, is these are interdimensional demons that invade your solar plexus. The solar plexus is where supposedly your chakra is, that determines things like will. Your will to do things, your personal power. And these demons, uh, supposedly, again, they travel through these dimensions. They have cut themselves off from the divine light, so they can't create. They have no imagination. There's, they are basically in the darkness. And so they attach themselves to living beings to experience light, to experience creation. And the, when they're attached to your solar plexus specifically, they can get you anywhere, but when they're atta- attached to your solar plexus specifically... It causes you to like overly worry and depression and doubt and all these things and it feeds off that fear. It brings you into their darkness while it's experiencing our light. I'm like okay that's an interesting that's an interesting hypothesis that there are these demons out there that exist and they're kind of like cut off from what's pure and beautiful in this world so they have to infect part of that beauty to experience it and in the end bring you down to their level i'm reading all this stuff about archons and then it says they've already infected the greys and the reptilians and i'm like ah we're back to those guys but you know they're saying that's why aliens tend to be quite cruel like the experiences that people have of greys they're just kind of cold with their medical experiments and they're kind of just like emotionless. It's because they've been, their entire race has been infected by these Archons. The theory is, is that these things are so pervasive, they move from reality reality and planet to planet until they've completely infiltrated an entire species. And it's just these tendrils coming out. They're generally viewed as slugs or snake-like slugs. And once they latch onto you, they're difficult to get, get off. Faith healers and mediums say that sometimes they can see them, and sometimes they've gotten infected with them themselves, and it's a really big problem, and it's a cause of a lot of people's, un. like, there are people who have depression for known reasons, and then there are people who have depression, they just can't figure out why, and they're saying that the Archons are kind of responsible more for the second type of depression, just kind of that overwhelming depression, and, the, you know, just problems in your life as general. So are those solar plexus clown gliders? Is that why that's on that list? Because it is this alien species that basically has destroyed other alien species. Is it this creature, this demonic entity, this interdimensional creature that is just moving slowly through the universe? And that's why it's so low down on the conspiracy iceberg list. Because to know of it and to be aware of it is, in a sense depression enough that these things exist and they're just overwhelming they've already conquered most of our universe, let alone other universes. I think I've seen one. I don't talk a lot about my own experiences on this show. I actually was talking to my two friends, Lana and Mitchum, and I said, Lana, I've told Lana a lot of stories that have happened to me. And I said, do you think I should talk about my personal experiences on the show? And she goes, no, you'll sound like a crazy person. And that's true because some of my experiences are kind of crazy. This one in particular. This this episode may run a little bit long, but I think it's kind of important because it heavily relates to this idea of these solar plexus clown gliders, these demons from another dimension. So when I was in college, I had an assignment I had to sit in a courthouse. I think it was a, I was it wasn't criminal justice. It might have been journalism class. I had to sit in a courthouse and watch a trial and take notes. And I'm sitting in the back because I'm too cool to sit in the front. I'm sitting in the very back, and they have those orange hard plastic chairs because who wants to be comfortable while watching your loved one be tried for murder? I'm sitting in one of those orange plastic chairs, and I remember just kind of had my arm up. It was, I don't know, just a, a, more, a weekday morning. Had my arm up on the chair. I'm just kind of leaning back like Jason does. Because I can't sit like a human. Again, too cool. I saw something out of the corner of my eye. My right eye. And I'm alone in the back row. It's just me. And I'm sitting right at the aisle. Because I always like to be on the aisle in case i got to go to the bathroom. And I'm sitting there. And so I catch something out of the corner of my right eye. And I remember turning to look. And in the chair, maybe two or three chairs down from me, was a three foot long Cobra. And it was like coiled at the base and it was, uh, you know, probably about as high as me. So it was wrapped up. It actually must have been more than, well, no, probably about three feet. It was, that doesn't matter, Jason. It was coiled at the bottom and then like its head was about the height of me. And it made this super weird movement, almost like this hyper-animated movement that I don't think a snake could move in real life. Now, obviously, there was real no cobra sitting there, and I knew there's no cobra sitting there. I I wasn't like, I just looked over and saw it, and it was such a weird thing. And and at the time, I was just like, I must just be tired. I must just be dreaming. And to be fair, that's the most likely explanation. I was super tired. It was early in the morning. I was bored. I always stay up late, I turn, I look, I see something out of the corner of my eye, and then my brain is trying to construct something really quick for me to actually see, because I'm basically in a dream state. I see a cobra, it moves in a weird way, and I don't react to it, I just kind of look at it for a second. And here's, you know, another weird part, it disappeared. Now, when it didn't disappear like it blinked, or it faded, or it turned to dust, it simply wasn't there. It, It didn't just go, beep! It's it's hard to explain, but it didn't like it didn't disappear. It simply ceased to be there. Because there's a difference. It's, it was really weird at the time. And I remember I just kind of turned back to watch the trial. I was like You know, but yeah, it just simply stopped being there. I got a sore back. I woke up the next morning with a sore back. I remember being a little uncomfortable in that orange chair and I was like, man, these chairs are really uncomfortable. I woke up the next morning, my back really hurt. I was like, oh, that orange chair really, really hurt, really hurt the small of my back. Now, at that point, I'd been like in seven car accidents, so I didn't have the best back to begin with. But I was like, that chair just wasn't working for me. So I just had a sore back. I go to my doctor and I say, hey, you know, I have a sore back. And he's looking at it. I'm like, yeah, I had a hard time sleep. I think I waited a couple days, but it was just sore. And I go, you know, I'm having this pain in my back. I don't know what to do. And he's like, well, OK, here you go. He prescribed me 120 Vicodin a month for, a, a, for what is now, I know, was minor back pain. And because the back pain didn't cease, it got worse. Maybe after about five or six months, he upped it to 250 Vicodin a month. So, this you know, this was back in like 2004, 2005, where the doctors were prescribing, over-prescribing painkillers because they didn't think there was anything wrong with them. That time period... When I look back at that time period between 2000... It probably would have been around 2004-2009. It was about five years. Was some of the darkest times of my life. And trust me, that's a high fucking hurdle. I remember taking those pills. And no matter how many pills I took, I was still in pain. I would just get loopy. And I remember... Because that's back when I was doing my music... I came to the point where I could not operate. I could not do anything functional unless I was taking that medication. And since it wasn't helping me physically, it was just making me loopier and loopier and loopier. And I was just like, I mean, I was a, I had a hard time you know, working on my next album. I had a hard time hanging out with people. I had to plan everything around my pain. And no matter how much medicine I took, the pain got worse and worse. I was having huge emotional breakdowns. I was having huge problems with being, I think you guys can tell I'm fairly optimistic. I was having a huge hard time being even optimistic enough to wake up in the morning, to go to work. I was completely just dead. I was walking dead. Now, what happened with the medication was I ended up changing doctors. My new doctor was like, why are you taking 250 pills a month? Your MRI shows that you should have minor pain, if anything. Your pain tolerance is totally screwed up. I'm going to wean you off the pills. You're going to hate me for a year, and then you're going to feel better. And that's what happened, and I feel a hundred times better. I still get a sore back from time to time, but not how that was. I remember when I was really, really depressed about my situation. Like, really depressed. On the brink, depressed. And I remember that snake. I don't know why it popped in my mind. But I kind of in my mind started putting it together. I was like, all of this pain started that morning in that chair. Like, I remember that chair being uncomfortable and it like just feeling painful. And I remember thinking, and this is again, weird, a weird thought. But I was like, what if somebody left that snake there? What if somebody else... That was, it was so bizarre. It was, I was thinking, what if it was like a curse? What if somebody else had previously been sitting in that row and they had dropped it off or something and had left, whatever that was had left them and came for me and caused me all of that pain for all of that time. Because I had not only the physical pain, but then I had the mental anguish of not being able to do what I wanted to do because I was so cloudy. My thoughts were just, I, I couldn't really think in that fog. I felt like a different person on that stuff. But yeah, you know, it I'm better. I'm far, far better. I'm back to how I was. And I don't know why it would have left me or what I did if it really was something like that. But what if that was one of these... Solar Plexus Clown Gliders, this Archons, this parasitic entity that saw me, someone else, it left someone else, and saw me sitting there and attached itself to me and said, I'm going to cause some chaos and I'm going to feed off this man's fear for a while. I don't know. Most likely explanation is I had a pinched nerve and I went to a doctor and he overprescribed medication and it threw off my pain tolerance and throws you down that spiral and all of that stuff. But I still... Every once in a while, think of that snake and wonder if it's somewhere else out there. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Our Twitter is going to be at Jason O. Carpenter. So everyone, have a great weekend. We're going to be coming back up with some new content. October is going to start soon. We're going to have some awesome stuff for you in October.